so um, I'll uh, I'll go as long as my voice will let me, and uh, it, it managed to go through the first, so we're going to go for round two here. Uh, but uh, there's no promises. You might get out early today. You might uh, might be a shorty, and you know, so you can beat all the Methodists to the catfish house. So. <laughs> Anybody going to the catfish house today? I did this in the first. I'll do it again. Anybody going to the catfish house today? None of you. By the, by the end of this, you're going to be thinking about the catfish house. Here, let me help you out with that. Have you ever had their white beans? I mean, their white beans, like they're, there's like the top things in the world that you can get for free. Number one is salvation. The white beans at the catfish house are like somewhere right here below it. I'm telling you. I mean, they're amazing. They're amazing. And uh, anybody that's in our micro church can tell you when I went to the catfish house on a Sunday for lunch. Because on Sunday evening, we'll be in the kitchen getting food together and stuff. And and it it gives a gift that keeps giving. And the people in my kitchen are like, you went to the catfish house today, didn't you? And I'm like, I sure did. It was good, and it's still good. So, go get you some. No, um, we uh, we started into the Book of Mark, and uh, last week, and uh, we'll be we'll be going through the Book of Mark for a while, and uh, you know, just walking through Scripture and just seeing what God has for us together. Uh, and and one of the things that I brought up last week is that the Book of Mark is a bit of a different gospel um, because of the way Mark tells. Uh, the same stories that we know of Christ and the things that he did and all of that. Um, and, uh, you know, in fact, if you don't know, the, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, are each, you know, telling the story of Jesus, telling the story of what God has done through his Son. And so, uh, you know, but it's different, it's different points of view, different people writing it. They're all true, whatever. Uh, but with Mark, um, you know, we, we've got this, like, he's really to the point uh, and first of all, we, we really kind of believe that, uh, you know, Mark, Mark is, you know, really kind of writing this on behalf of Peter. Uh, and so, um, and there's several different, you can listen to last week's if you didn't hear it, but, um, you know, that we got into all that. But, uh, you know, but, so there's a little bit of different point of view. It's not so first person uh, as much as it is telling the story. And, and with Mark, he, I mean, he just, you know, because he is so... To the point, he leaves out a lot of details that you see in the other Gospels. And, and, you know, for you and I, we can hear that and go, well, you know, I don't know if that's a good thing, you know. But I think what it is, is I think we have a point of view of understanding sometimes where we might get hung up on something else that maybe doesn't matter as much. Uh, with Mark, we have this understanding of, like, what is the point? What is the purpose and while we're studying this. And so today, if you've got your Bible and you will go there, we're going to Mark chapter 1. And if you don't have a Bible, our ushers will gladly bring you one. And if you don't own one, you can keep that. We'd love for you to have it. But Mark chapter 1 uh, today is where we're going. And, and, and as we saw last week, we, we saw the beginning of Jesus' ministry. Uh, Mark kind of skips uh, you know, a bunch of stuff that you see in a lot of the other Gospels, like the family tree kind of stuff and all that, and just gets right on into who Jesus is and what he's doing there and, and everything. And, and so then we, we, we get uh, John the Baptist baptizing Jesus, uh, then John the Baptist uh, getting put uh, in prison, and then, you know, and then here comes, here comes Jesus. And Jesus says, you know, that the kingdom of God is at hand, and he talks about that. 
And, and it's one of these moments, I think, for us that's easy to overlook. And we hear a statement like the kingdom of God is at hand. And we think, oh, well, that, that's talking about when I die, you know, I'll go and be a part of the kingdom, you know. Um, it's not just talking about that. It's talking about Jesus saying, I've come and right now, at this moment, I've come to save the world. I've come to change everything. I've come to change your hearts. I've come to create opportunity for a relationship. The kingdom of God is at hand now. And so I, I, think, that's a, I, think, that's a big, I think that's a big thing for us this morning. Uh, and, 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 and that's basically, we kind of we go from that to where we're going today uh, into this passage. And we're just, we're just studying a little passage of this today. Uh, and, and what we see in the passage today is we see a passage where Jesus begins to call some of his disciples. And I, and I think it's interesting how Jesus goes about calling some of his disciples. We see him, uh, you know, just kind of, you know, it seem, seemingly, it seems like he's just, he's just walking up and saying, well, why don't you come with me? Why don't you come with me? But it's all part of a plan. Let, let's look at it together. It says this, verse 16. It says, passing alongside the Sea of Galilee... He saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. So, Mark's rendition of this, again, much more to the point than what we see in some of the other Gospels. And I looked at what some of the other Gospels uh, said, and specifically Luke, which I taught on last year. Uh, you know, shows us this picture of, of Jesus uh, just, you know, what we have in Mark is he just walks up like, hey, you guys come with me kind of thing. Well, there's, there's a little background to it. Uh, if, you look at, if you look at some of the other Gospels, what you'll see is you'll see that Jesus was teaching on the side of the shore. And, you know, in his teaching on the side of the shore, these guys were out here fishing and they see Jesus doing this. And the reason, we, the reason I think that we know that they see Jesus doing this, first of all, Jesus talks to them while they're in their boats out in the sea. And this is the, this is the same instance where we see Jesus telling the guys who were not catching anything, fishermen who were not catching any fish, to cast their nets out again. And they're about to give up. And they're like, no, no, I mean, why, why in the world? And he's like, no, 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 cast the nets out again. Well, they've seen him over here teaching. They, if, if they don't know him from anything else, they see a group of people sitting there listening to him throughout this, and then he talks to them and tells them, hey, give it another shot, throw the net out. And this is that passage where we see that they do so, and when they bring the nets back, the nets are full of fish. Well, I mean, that's a big deal to a fisherman. So these guys are all of a sudden listening to Jesus in a different way. And it goes on, it says, And immediately they left their nets and followed him. Verse 19, And going on a little farther, he saw James the son of Zebedee and John his brother, who were in their boat mending the nets, and immediately he called them. And they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and followed him. So all four guys who were all there when all this went on with the fish and the nets and all that stuff, you know, they all were privy to this, so we kind of got a little background and all that. 
And you go, well, you know, that's important stuff. And, and, and yeah, I agree. I agree. It is important stuff. It's amazing to see the miracle that Jesus worked uh, in, in the catching of the fish and all that kind of stuff. But I think if we dial it back and go, well, why? You know, with Mark, when we're studying Mark and, and we're not getting those details, but to at least have the background, it allows us to be able to look at this and say, okay, let's, if this isn't, if Mark's not interested in us making this about the miracle of catching fish, which I don't know how, when the last time was you went fishing, but sometimes it just seems like a miracle when you finally catch a fish. Am I right? You know, it seems like you could go so long, you know, just, just casting, you know. You know, you don't ever hear anybody say, what are you going to go do today? Well, I'm going to go casting, you know. I'm going to go boating. I got a friend that says he goes boating. Well, he, he's really going boating. He just goes out and just, you know, rides around on a boat and comes back. He doesn't, he's not interested in fishing. Fishermen say, I'm going fishing because they are intending to bring back fish. Or there are those people that catch them and release them. I don't understand those people. We got a bunch of them around here, but the, whatever. So then you've got... Then you've got what you do have in Mark is for Jesus to go to them and say, follow me, I will make you become fishers of men. First of all, I don't know when the last time was you found a grown man that you just met and you told them what you are going to make them do. That's basically what Jesus does here. See that? Follow me. And I will make you become fishers of men. You know, and most, most men I know would be like, you're going to what? You're going to what? You know, I, I'm going to make you, I'm going to make you, you're going to make me what? You know, you know what I'm saying? Jesus, Jesus gives to them a little something that is important about who they are. Jesus knows What's going to happen here? I mean, you know, Jesus knew who his disciples were going to be. You know, when we're reading a passage like this, I think, I think it's interesting to be reminded of that, that, that Jesus knows how this plays out already. He knew they were going to be his disciples. He already knew that they were fishermen. He knew whether they were good fishermen or bad fishermen or, you know, worked hard or didn't work hard or whatever it was. And, and, and in general, the fact that he would call fishermen to be a part of the crew that were going to be his disciples. I mean, he could, have, he could have called anybody to be a part of his crew. He could have called together a crack command team from the Los Angeles underground who rode around in a black van with a red stripe on it. But he didn't. And the kids in here have no idea what any of that means. And that's okay. It would be between us, all right? Sorry. No, no. I'm being an idiot. Don't clap at that. I don't need to be encouraged. So Jesus chose fishermen to be a part of the team. He chose them. He knew that they would be. Why? Why would he choose guys who fish? Well, first of all, you're talking about people who worked really, really hard. I mean, this was, this was labor at its finest. I mean, you're talking about working men here in this moment in time, when, when he is coming to them and he's saying, you know, I want you to be a part of the team, that's one thing. But then he, he, he goes further with it and he's flipping what they do on themselves and he says, I will make you become fishers of men. Fishers of men. And in that moment, 
I'm sure through some amazing work of the Holy Spirit, God penetrated their hearts to help them to see that they were being called to do something very special for the Lord. They called Jesus Lord in some of the other passages that we read when they're going, having this kind of back and forth. They knew something was up with this guy. They knew something was going on. They knew God was working. They probably had heard, you know, who he was, who he claimed to be, and that kind of thing. Maybe he had doubt. We don't know. In fact, we know, we know, that, we know they had doubt because uh, you look at the passage from the book of Luke, and, uh, and, and Peter is overwhelmed with doubt and comes at the end and is apologizing, basically, and, and just repenting at the feet of Jesus, literally on his hands and knees, repenting and saying, I'm so sorry, Lord. Uh, basically for not believing you, you know, and that was all over the fish. That was all over, you know, I don't think we should cast our nets. And Jesus is like, no, cast the nets, kind of thing. They leave. Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. Now, I don't know when the last time was you saw... Someone that you knew, let's just go with somebody you know that you know, you've got a good relationship with, and they're, and they're a fisherman, and they're actually catching fish, and in the middle of that, you look at them and go, hey, come on, let's, let's go do something else. And they look at you and go, uh, no, I'm catching fish, you can go do something else, right? I mean, that's, so... We've got, a, we've got a picture of something pretty amazing happening here. First of all, they're catching, <laughs> catching lots of fish. You go look at that story sometime. They're catching a ton of fish, and they're jacked up about it too. But then in the midst of that, Jesus is calling them to go with him, and they leave their nets, and they go. Then you go further into the passage where you've got James and John it says, going on a little farther, he saw James and, the, and James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were in their boat, mending the nets, and immediately he called them. And they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and followed them. So now you've got James and John, two more fishermen, and they aren't just leaving their nets, they are literally leaving their father. Now, let me, let me paint this because for, I think for most of us that, you know, like to fish, you know, we, we, we like fishing because, you know, it's something we enjoy doing. For these guys, this was their living. This was what they did to make money, to take care of their families. When Jesus says, come on and go with me, He's asking of them to leave their family and the family business. And I think it's pretty safe to go out on a limb and say, most likely, we'll put it that way, most likely this was their family business, fishing was their family business, and not only was it their family business, but more than likely it had gone on through generations of that family. And now all of a sudden, James and John, the Zebedee boys, are going to leave their dad behind instead of staying with the family business to follow 
Jesus. That has to be a working of the Holy Spirit in their lives in that moment that when Jesus said, come on and go with me, that they would even consider following him. Jesus calls them. He comes with authority. He shows in this moment who he really is. He shows them he's the Son of God. And he comes with that authority, and he comes with a call. And not only that, but he's going to give them a purpose, and he's going to take them with him. I mean, that's a whole lot right there. That's a whole lot right there. Fishing is, uh, I, I love fishing. I really do enjoy it. I, I don't get to do it very often. And, um, you know, this, uh, uh, I've been thinking about this last few days and thought about uh, uh, one of the last times, I think probably the last time I ever got to fish with my dad and both of my grandfathers, which that probably didn't happen but just a handful of times in my life because my extended family all live in central Kentucky. And, uh, and so at some point when we were back, you know, and we did try to do this a lot when we would go back, we would try to go fishing. Both my parents grew up on pretty large farms. And so on each, you know, farm, there were ponds and lakes and all this, and we'd go fishing. And then, and for whatever reason, they felt like that those weren't good enough. And we'd go to other family lakes. I think they thought some of them were lucky or something. And so uh, I remember, and I could take you to the last one we went to, we went to this, went to this lake and uh, we're out there fishing, uh, they're fishing, I'm being a, a dumb kid, and I'm out there trying to catch turtles, I think, or something, and they're getting mad at me because I'm scared to fish, you know. But uh, I'll never forget because it was the first time I heard both my grandfathers, who both loved Jesus, but just so happened to be the, the first time, um, one of the only times I heard both of my grandfathers cuss, um, you know, on the same day, because fishing will just make you do stuff, you know. I mean, you can blame it on fishing, right? So I've got some pictures I wanted to show you this morning. We've got, we've got a lot of fishermen in our church. And here a year or two ago, you know, I had, I had a bunch of people send me pictures of them fishing. And some of you right now are wondering, did I, did I send him a picture? I don't know if I did or not. Is he going to show that today? Uh, but anyway, this is just a handful of them. It's one of our deacons, J.R. Lewis, with just this amazingly large shark that he caught. You know, uh, you know we were picking on him in the first service about that. And then we've got... Uh, uh, this is a great picture that I think, because when I did this asking for pictures, I did it through social media, and I think one of Ben's friends sent this picture uh, to me that we're friends with on social media. And, 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 that's, and I, just, I just had to use this picture because Ben is famous for his fish pictures uh, here at 24, but also because I just I love this picture. That's Ben in the far left up there with like the bush of hair coming out from underneath the hat. And I just like, I can't, when I was going through these last night, I was like, I'm, I'm not passing that up. We're throwing that on screen. So I don't know who caught what, but whatever, there's some fishing going on there. And then I think we've got one of Loosely here. Yeah, this is Michael Loosely. And, and, and Michael, this was on a, a trip with uh, our students here a year or two ago, and they went canoeing and kayaking. And while they're out canoeing and kayaking, Michael sees this fish in the water. They're not there fishing but he sees this fish, and he decides he's going to tackle it. Literally jump on it and tackle it in the water. And he did, and pulls this fish up out of the water. And everybody's just like, what in the world? You know? I mean, that's not the craziest looking thing in the world. You know, just whatever. That's just nuts. 
So you got to love that. I love that picture. And then, then uh, I've got one more picture here, and this is, uh, this is Greg Higgins. If you don't know Greg Higgins, uh, Greg's one of our deacons and does a ton of stuff around here at 24. In fact, uh, Debbie was talking to us the other day about how he was up here uh, for a whole day just fixing stuff, just working on stuff around this building. People would never have a clue about, uh, you know, and unless it's broken, you know, it's just stuff that you don't even, you don't even realize it's been fixed, you know, because you didn't, maybe you didn't know or whatever, but that's just him and that's his heart and he just loves people. I also say God's used him in, in amazing ways to, uh, to minister to so many people in our community, people not even a part of our church, but people that have needs uh, because he is Mr. Handyman and all that and has so many abilities and skills. And, and he has just been so willing over the years to allow God to use him and, and help, and especially even help and lead others uh, to serve others like that. But uh, So I, I, really, I really wanted this picture of Greg. I had to steal this one from Facebook uh, because he is a great fisherman. And uh, Greg took me fishing here a couple years ago. And, uh, you know, I, I don't, like I said, I don't get to go a whole lot. Or I enjoy getting to go. And, you know, a lot of it's my own fault and busy whatever. And you know how it goes. But anyway, Greg, Greg said, hey, you want to go fishing with me and Michael? Michael being the guy jumped and tackled the other fish that you saw just a minute ago, which was why I was, figured it was fitting to, uh, to throw him in there too. But uh, so, so Greg and Michael and I go fishing one day. And we get up, and, you know, we ride out. We're going to ride out. I think we went out to Paris Landing and, uh, you know, so we, we were gone for the day or whatever kind of thing, which was cool. And, and uh, we get out there, and, uh, you know, Greg's kind of ordering Michael around. You do this, you do that, you know, get ready to get the boat ready. You know, we're going to back it down in there, and we're at the boat dock, you know, about to put the boat in the water. And uh, he's got Michael already in the boat, and, uh, and he says, you know, Chris, you go ahead and get in the boat too if you want to. And I said, okay, you know, so I... You know, I, I, I get up on the side of a little trailer or whatever, and, you know, I'm trying to, like, find a, a footing or something to, like, put my, put my leg over and put my foot in there. And so I, I do, and I, I noticed when I did, you know, kind of, I don't know, it kind of felt weird when I stepped down or whatever, but I stepped over in the boat, and it was, you know, probably a sight to watch just watching me get in this boat off the side of this trailer or whatever anyway. And so I get in the boat, and then uh, he starts, he, he turns around, looks at Michael here in a minute or so, and says, hey, We'll go ahead and back y'all down. Michael, go ahead and start the motor, and uh, y'all be ready, and then I'll, I'll come down. You can pick me up over here at that spot we always do. And he's like, yeah, it's fine. And so Michael sits down there and gets ready to crank the boat up, and he goes, um, um, Greg's like, what is it? What is it? You know, you got to know Greg, you know. What is it? Michael's like, well, uh, I, I, the, I, I think the keys broke off. Apparently, when I was getting in the boat, I stepped right down on top of that key in the ignition and broke it on off there. And, 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 and so, at first, Greg's like, what do you mean it's broke off? You know, I, I'm kind of, you know, I'm waiting for Greg to kind of light into him a little bit. And, and, then, and then they kind of look at each other. And they're go, we have like two or three minutes of silence. And it wasn't out of respect for anybody either. It was just... It was just two or three minutes of silence where ever, everybody realized Chris broke the boat. <laughs> and I got to say, Greg handled this really well because I, I, sometimes I don't handle things so well. I remember one day somebody's in my office and their kid's playing with an original Optimus Prime Transformer I had sitting on the shelf, broke the leg right off of it. And I was like, ow, that hurt. They're like, is that going to be okay? I was like, sure, let's keep going, you know. 
but uh, you know, I, Greg, Greg handled it great. You know, he's like, oh, oh, well, all right, well, we're, we'll just back down in there and we'll use the trolling motor. And I'm, and I'm thinking to myself, that's exactly what Greg Higgins does not want to be doing today. Is coming out here to Kentucky Lake and using the trolling motor on his big old nice bass boat. It's got some mercury big old motor on the back of it that probably does 60 miles an hour speeding across the deal, you know. And I'm just thinking, oh my gosh, I've, I've ruined our day. And Greg's like, no, 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 don't worry about it. It'll be fine, it'll be fine. We're, We'll keep on and we'll we'll just we'll just we'll go out there and we're gonna go fishing. It's gonna be good. We're gonna have fun today. And we did. We did. You know, I think for so many of us in life today, we've lost focus of what the call was. Because the key got broke off or something else happened. Things happen in life. And they keep us, we let them keep us from fulfilling what we went there to do to begin with, which is to go fishing. You see, the call that the disciples had on them is the same call that we have on us. We are disciples of Christ. And as followers of Jesus, our call is no different in that we are also called to be fishers of men. That's a, big, that's a big ask, but you know what? It gives us purpose in life. It gives us calling. It helps us to see our relationships with people more clearly. Instead of, instead of stereotyping the relationships that we have in life and going, well, that's an annoying person and that's a whatever and I've got to have that relationship. No, no, no. It, it backs us off of that and, and all of a sudden more clearly we see that's somebody that's struggling right now. That's somebody that doesn't know the Lord. That's somebody that needs a friend at this moment. And when we see them the way Christ sees them, when we see them through those lenses, suddenly we begin to fulfill being fishers of men. Jesus knew. He knew. He knew what? He knew that they'd be fishermen. He knew they'd be willing to do the work. There's a lot of work that goes into being fishers of men. Just like there's a lot of work going into being a fisherman. Jesus knew that before they were born, they would grow up being fishermen. And that he would call them to be a part of his team. He knew before he got there that day that they'd be out there on the boat. He knew that before he got there that day that those people would be hanging out on the side listening to him and that they would be watching. He knew before he got there that day that they wouldn't be catching anything, but he knew exactly where all the fish would be hiding and he would say to them, hey, throw your net on the other side. And, and this is the same Jesus that has saved me and you and is calling us in this life with a purpose to glorify God by making Him known to the lives of other people that are around us by the love that He has given us, working through us as we love and care for them. 
he knew that if he went there that day and he showed them just a little bit of who he really was and he spoke those words, follow me, that they would leave it all. They would leave it all. And, and most of the time, the truth is for us, we struggle. We, we, we struggle with leaving. We've got these things we, want, we don't want to leave. In fact, maybe a question for us this morning is, what are we not willing to leave right now to follow Jesus? What are we not willing to leave? That maybe it's a sin thing. Maybe, maybe, it's a, maybe, it's, maybe it's something good in this world. Maybe it's, maybe it's something like family. Maybe God's been leading you to do something for a while, but you're scared to death to leave your family. These guys, the Zebedee boys, left the family business to follow Jesus on the same day that they met him. What's keeping us from leaving and following him to become fishers of men today? Jesus calls us. He appoints us. He's sending us out to be that in the lives of other people today. Now, you, you might be here and... Maybe right now you would just, if you were honest with me, you'd say, Chris, I don't, I don't know enough about Jesus. I, I, I definitely probably don't know Jesus. And I, I would say this to you. I would say this to you. Let me, let me tell you a little bit about Jesus. First of all, he's the son of God, is God himself, is the creator of the world. And God the Father sent him to live a perfect life, to be the perfect sacrifice that He could die a death on the cross in our place, which is what is deserved for our sin, and basically take the place for us that He would do the death that we deserve for all the things we've done in life. And through him and in him, we can have forgiveness and a relationship with God. A for forgiveness. Forgiveness for what? Forgiveness of our sin. Be made clean. To be made whole again. To be made new again. I mean, it, 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 it's so amazing. Like, God the Father sent Jesus to come after us. Like Chad said just a minute ago. To come after us and bring us back to himself. Just as we see in the very beginning, Adam and Eve walking in the garden with God. God is saying, I want to bring you back to me to walk with me again. That's what he's done for us in sending his son to die for us. And to defeat death three days later that a grave would be empty because it couldn't hold him. Because he needed to defeat death that on our behalf in our death when we finally experience it. We get life, which is pretty amazing. Other passages teach us something about following Jesus, and I think it's important to say. And we'll talk more about being disciples as we go through Mark, by the way. This isn't going to be the only time we talk about it, so 
I'm not hitting every single thing about being a disciple of Christ today. I'm just trying to hit a couple things for us to get to chewing on. But for one of the other things that we see in Scripture, that is for us to count the cost of what it means to be a disciple of Christ. What's it mean? What's it mean in 2018? Because everything's changed. Everything is different. Tell, I tell Penny all the time, you know, he's our student pastor. You know, I was a student pastor 13 years ago or whenever it was, which seems like yesterday, but, um, you know, I tell him all the time, it's a completely different game today. What, what you get to deal with with teenagers today is completely different. Everything has changed. If nothing, if nothing else, technology has changed everything. Some of it good, some of it bad. Wednesday, when I'm not normally laying on my bed, I was laying on my bed because I didn't feel good. And so Wednesday, I'm laying on the bed and I'm messing around on the computer, playing on my phone or whatever it is, and the TV's on, but I'm not really watching it. And I look up and I see this breaking news coming across the TV. Florida, active shooter, kids have died. And as I'm watching this, I, I pick up the remote and turn it up to see what's going on. And they are getting on the phone. The news media is getting on the phone with students at that school while this is going on. I had to get up to go out of the room for just a minute for something else. And while I was out of the room, the volume was still up, and I heard them play a video that one of the students had made with their phone of, of what was going on. And I don't know that the video really showed anything, but I'm thinking to myself, the terror of being a parent who you don't know if your kid's okay, but they're playing video on the TV because a kid has somehow sent them a video or posted it to social media or whatever it is, and you don't know if your kid's okay, but you're hearing kids screaming, and is that one of my kids screaming? I don't know. Everything's changed. In this world, there's a lot of things that have changed, but here's one thing that hasn't changed. We're still called to be fishers of men. And for us today, we've got to ask ourselves, what are we not willing to leave behind to be the fishers of men that this world needs in 2018? And, we, and we've got to be willing to sacrifice those things. We've got to be willing to lay those things down and say, okay, God, you've called me to it. You're appointing me to something here. And, and, and Lord, I know you're wanting to send me. Here I am, let's go. I encourage you with a question. Who, who can you bring along with you to also be a disciple of Christ? Who can you bring with you? What are their names? And, and I'm going to encourage you, you need to start praying, praying for them today. Start praying for them today. Jesus' discipleship strategy is he calls, he appoints, he sends out. Today, what's keeping you from following him? Let's pray. God, thank you for...
calling us, clearly calling us to follow you, God, as you've done these four men that we are getting to study today. God, I pray that we would be faithful like they were. Lead us and guide us in what that looks like in this life. Help us to clearly see, Lord, the, the following that you've called us to. And Lord, that you know the way. God, we trust in you in that. That you know, you know, what, you know what's ahead. You know that the fish are there and you know where they are. God, help us, Lord, to be faithful that even through the moments of breaking keys in life, God, that we would be faithful to still go fishing for you and for your name and for your kingdom. God, lead us in it. Guide us in it. We ask this in your name. Amen.